Hello, my name is Rita Sheikh and I'm a paralegal in the financial services sector at Shoesmiths. Hello, my name is Breeti Bansal-Branch and I'm a principal associate in the commercial and projects team at Shoesmiths. Welcome to the ShoePod sessions. The purpose of these sessions is to help our listeners understand the key components of a commercial contract. Today's topic on our journey through a contract is best in reasonable endeavours. You may have come across these terms using contracts, but perhaps not completely understand the difference between them. We're here today to help you cut through the noise. Let's take this from the beginning. Preeti, would you be able to explain what we mean by endeavours? What level of endeavours you can come across and their significance within commercial contracts? Sure, reader. Endeavours clauses are often used in contracts where parties may not be able to absolutely contractually commit to an obligation. So they choose to qualify their obligations by attempting to try and fulfil it rather than agreeing absolutely to do it. There are two most commonly used levels of endeavours. Best endeavours, which is the most onerous type of endeavour, and reasonable endeavours, which requires the performance of a reasonable course of action to reach the objective in question. There's also a third, all reasonable endeavours, but we won't be discussing this today. The holy trinity of endeavours. Can you give any examples of these, Preeti? Oh, you're testing me now, reader. Uh, I suppose it's like, it's a bit like me saying to a client that I will use my best endeavours to provide you with my advice by the 31st of December. What does that actually mean? Does it mean that I'll cancel Christmas and New Year with my family and I'll fly to Barbados to deliver my advice to you on a private jet plane? No, but it does mean that I would need to take all steps that a prudent, determined and reasonable person would take in providing advice to my client, as I'm obligated to do on the 31st of December. I just don't have to bankrupt myself doing it. I could instead commit to using reasonable endeavours to provide my client with that advice by the 31st of December. That means I am obliged to use a reasonable course of action to ensure that my advice is delivered on time. But I don't have to use all reasonable courses of action to ensure delivery. And I definitely don't have to bankrupt myself in order to do so. <laughs> we wouldn't want that pretty, would we? <laughs> definitely not. So endeavours are used in contracts when a party is only prepared to try to fulfil an obligation rather than absolutely committing to doing something. But there are varying degrees of commitment. So best endeavours is seen as an obligation requiring a party to take all those steps in their power which are capable of producing the desired result. But an element of reasonableness is still applied and required. That's right. And best endeavours excludes steps which would cause a serious detriment to the person making the obligation. So the courts will consider the commercial viability of any actions taken and the interests of the party under that obligation. And reasonable endeavours are less burdensome, but unless drafted carefully, can be less clear-cut and potentially unenforceable. Yes, but be careful because they can still bite and there can be exceptions to whether or not the person making the obligation must take certain steps in its performance of the obligation. If so, these steps must be taken even if they involve the sacrificing of a party's commercial interests, but a balance must be struck nevertheless, and the courts will assess this on a case-by-case -case basis. 
So it's really important, reader, to consider what should happen if the party's objective can't be met with specifically crafted language alongside a best or reasonable endeavours obligation. If the condition isn't fulfilled, it could entitle the parties to rescind the contract. So you've got to get it right. So cases where there is a reasonable endeavours obligation rather than best endeavours obligation appear to offer the parties greater scope to balance the weight of their contractual obligations against relevant commercial considerations. Mm -hmm. And those relevant considerations could include um, things like the party's relations with third parties, the party's reputation, their financial interests and the cost of the course of action, the chances of achieving the desired results. And and these are just examples. It's, It's not a prescriptive list. Wow. That is a lot to take in. And I can see how reasonable and best endeavours terms can have an impact within commercial contracts. Yeah. And the key is to be specific in your objective under these clauses. I've advised a number of clients who will see a best or reasonable endeavours clause and, and just simply brush it off with, with a, yeah, that looks okay, doesn't it? And, and the answer is that if I'm delivering that advice to my client, I need to be specific. You know, the example that I gave earlier, what am I proposing? prepared to do to deliver that advice on time? Will I do it via email, deliver it in person? By what date, what time? Will I incur expenses? Will I keep my client informed as to progress? Will I list the specific steps I need to carry out or what I won't be carrying out? You have to be specific in all your endeavors. Well, we've come to the end of today's session. We hope you found it informative. Of course, if you need any assistance in any aspect of the law that we've touched upon today, please don't hesitate to get in touch with either Preeti or myself, and we'd be more than happy to help. From Preeti and myself, thank you very much for listening. Thank you.